Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle, delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter Handgun. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Double Nickel Taxidermy. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Welcome to another podcast of DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. Of course, that's me, and I appreciate y'all being with us every week. Before we get to our guest today, Mr. Justin Dribelis, who is the Executive Director of the Texas Wildlife Association. We just celebrated our 37th anniversary convention, and I'm proud to say that I was one of the, the three guys that helped start this organization back in about 1985. Uh, it was based upon the fact that we as landowners thought we need to have some right to discuss and be involved in some of the programs dealing with, with wildlife since we're the ones as landowners who control, at least in Texas, about 95 to 97 or more percent of the total acreages in Texas and wanted to play our role. And so from that, we created the TWA, if you will, Texas Wildlife Association, and it's become an unbelievable organization. And, and we'll get into some of that here in just a little bit. But before we do, I wanted to remind everybody that 
Hayden Outdoors is the brand that does sell land. These guys do a lot of work in Texas, and of course, they're the finest real estate company there is, as far as I'm concerned, anywhere in the world. But in Texas and throughout the West, particularly because the lands that they deal with are very often involved around recreation and wildlife, and but also to agriculture. With that said, Texas, as much of the West, is currently involved in, in an absolutely horrible drought. What can we do to uh, kind of help with all this? Well, in a lot of areas, unfortunately, the grass is gone, and, and in those areas, they've removed the cattle, and they're removing cattle, and, and trying to maintain water for wildlife to make sure that there's water there. In other areas where there was grass, a lot of times we've had grass fires where we lost a lot of, of the, the vegetation that's there, and we've had some bad forest fires. And these are things that you might want to visit with with your agent as far as Hayden Outdoors is concerned when you get ready to buy a piece of property as to how prone is it to burn, the area that you're looking at. Uh, we've talked in the past about how important water is and water rights in the West and also subsurface, whether or not there is even subsurface water in some areas. So these are all kind of considerations, and by far the best person to talk to about any of that is, is that real estate agent that's involved with Hayden Outdoors. And to learn more about what's available in terms of land and the local guy that may be in the area where you're wanting to purchase some land, or even if you're wanting to sell your land, you can go to HaydenOutdoors.com. And that being the case, you'll know that you're dealing with the finest person there is to be had anywhere when it comes to dealing with any kind of land sales or purchasing land. Earlier, I mentioned that we had Mr. Justin Drivelis with us today from TWA, our executive director there. And Justin, Welcome to the campfire. Thanks, Larry. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and it's a pleasure to spend time with you in person. You are now, at, as what? how many months ago did you come on board as our executive director? It's hard to believe, but it's been almost a year. Where, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, where I'm, I'm about... Three weeks out from a year. I knew it had been a while. Well, that we're so proud to have you here. But you're no stranger to TWA. Tell us a little bit about. Well, let's go back. Tell me a little bit about your background. Kind of where did you start hunting and fishing and all that kind of thing, and then bring us up to date to where you are now, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in Conroe, and uh, my my folks are the only ones that left the Rio Grande Valley. So um, I I was very fortunate and kind of to have uh, a bunch of outdoorsmen as uh, uncles and grandpas. And uh, so I, I spent a lot of time in the valley hunting in uh, Hidalgo and Brooks County growing up. And um, so I, I was very fortunate to have a dad that um, made a, he made it a big priority to get my brothers and I out in the out in the woods, and uh, and I was lucky that his brothers and my mom's brothers and uh, both of their dads did the same thing, and so I can think of of uh, lots of times where there were you know, three generations of uh, of our family all out there enjoying the outdoors, and uh, and and so I. I was I was spoiled from an early age, and it made an impact on me from an early age. So I've, <laughs> I've always kind of known that I wanted to to work in the in the wildlife and and land management field. So um, got my got my uh, bachelor's and master's from from Texas A and M, um, and 
you know, I got tied in with TWA during grad school and, and, um, I, you know, did an internship guiding, guiding hunts out and well down in South Texas and out in West Texas. And, um, I got involved in TWA through that. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I, by the time I think I, I think I defended my thesis on a Thursday and I started working for TWA the following Monday <laughs> in 2008. Perfect. <laughs> so they, I remember they put, that. They put their hooks in me pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I worked in, in various roles uh, with the association starting in 2008, I believe. Uh, started planning landowner field days and, and working in our conservation legacy program. And then I ended up moving over into hunting heritage and I was the hunting heritage director for a few years, um, really working very closely with Texas big game awards and Texas youth hunting program. And, um, and so I, I was, I've, I've been invested in, in emotionally in the organization for a long time as a member. Um, and then, you know, as a staff member there for about seven years, um, had the opportunity to go to Texas Parks and Wildlife Department in 2015 as the director of the Private Lands and Public Hunting Program. Um, and I worked there um, till last September when I came back to TWA to, to take over as the, the CEO. And so it's been, Parks and Wildlife is a fabulous place to work. Um, I have lots of friends there. Um, and uh, so that that's that's kind of how I got to where I where I am now. I'm just, I'm really thankful to be back uh, working with and for a bunch of friends like yourself. And um, I think we're doing, doing important things, uh, representing landowners and hunters here in Texas. And uh, just, just really excited about the work we're doing. Well, we're glad you're back home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the programs that we've got going on through TWA right now. TWA has become so multifaceted compared to when we started it 37 years ago. Then I, for one, could not be prouder of where we are and where we've been, actually, and, and even more prouder where we're hitting these days with the people that we have involved, such as yourself. And we got some of the best staff members I think there are in the world, not just in Texas, but we've got some absolutely great programs underway that have been going on for a while, but we've also got some new programs we're working on. Isn't that right? Yes, we are. We are. We've, uh, you know, so there, like you said, there's, there's a lot of, we got a lot of moving parts here at TWA that we do a lot of things, uh, but our, our education and outreach programs, I think are really, um, you know, speak to the mission of the organization and it's and it's connecting people to the land it's um, teaching people about uh, the the value of our natural resources and the value of that connection with the private landowners that that manage those natural resources for all the citizens of texas and so that's really if you want to break it down to to that single connection between everything we do i think that's what it is is educating texans about natural resources and, and how important that stewardship by private landowners is to the sustainability of those natural resources. So um, you can see that through our conservation legacy programs where all of our natural resource education, where we're teaching, um, you know, we've got educators out across the state that are going in classrooms, teaching kids about the water cycle and healthy soils and uh, land management and wildlife management. Um, and then we've got, you know, we're taking kids out on field trips onto ranches and teaching them about, you know, where their, where their food and fiber and, um, you know, how the 
you know, how uh, well-managed grassland puts water back in the aquifers and all these, all these things that there's often a disconnect on um, with someone who's, who's just, who's never had an opportunity to be out on the land and learn about these processes. And so we just feel like it's important for Texans to know where their, where their water comes from, where their food comes from and, um, and how they're affected by good decisions out there on that private land. And so, um, you know, we, we do that through Conservation Legacy, but we also do that through our through our hunting outreach programs, the TY, uh, Texas Youth Hunting Program, um, and then our new Adult Learn to Hunt program. It's given, it's given people an opportunity to go out there and experience it, experience that private land, experience those wildlife species, and, and learn new, new skills, how to hunt, how to prepare their food, and know where their food comes from. Those are just, there's a lot of moving parts there, but it all kind of comes back to that, that, that core mission. And, um, you know, we're excited about, excited about all those programs for sure. We've been, we've been doing Texas youth hunting program and Texas big game awards since the, you know, the early nineties and, uh, both programs continue to, to do, do well for us and in, in reaching, reaching Texans all over the state. I want to come back to you. You're right. There's so many different facets to TWA. Let's go back to the education side of things, because not only does TWA educate youngsters, we're also involved in getting teachers somewhat educated. Are we not? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big part of it. And I, so if you'll elaborate on that just a little bit, because to me, that is a, yeah. a very important part program. And I, we have a kind of a universal audience. And I think there may be something that could be gleaned for some of these other states that are looking at something similar to what we've done along those lines and along the other lines as well, too, that we'll talk about a little bit more later on. Sure. Yeah. And, and so you're absolutely right. Um, you know, one of the ways that we try to <clears throat> reach the masses with what we consider to be very important subjects here uh, is by teaching the teachers and equipping them with that knowledge and easy access to those lesson plans. Um, you know, our, our conservation legacy staff is, um, they, they conduct regular teacher trainings all around the state um, to, to, you know, equip them with these natural resource lessons so that they can then go in and have easy access to in the, in the classroom. Uh, we also have lots and lots of ready-made lesson plans that we have available on our website. We'll actually be rolling a new website out this next, this next month. And, um, we're going to have a huge, uh, collection of those lesson plans that are going to be available free of charge to any teacher that wants to utilize them in their classroom. And so in our mind, that just makes it so much easier when you hear about, you know, all these teacher shortages all over the state. And it's a, it's a tough job, but it's a really important one. And we want to make sure that, you know, we can, um, provide resources for those teachers so that they're, uh, um, it makes their life easier and it makes, and it makes, you know, certain that we get a lot of these really important natural resource lessons in front of these kids at an early age. How would somebody, I know the website's not yet up, but it may be in probably about the time that this actually airs. So it's still the same website as we've had in the past. It is texas-wildlife.org. And um, go to our conservation legacy page and uh, just look through there and take a look at all these various programs we have going on. There's really something for everybody, whether you're a teacher, whether you have kids um, that are at home, maybe you have homeschool um, kids. There's resources there for for um, 
homeschool situations. There's uh, we also have another program that I that I'm really excited about. That's our it's our trunks. Our, our, yes, uh, teacher trunk program. And so those are <clears throat> those are ready made lesson plans in a trunk that we will. All you have to do is get on the website and reserve those trunks and we will ship them to your school free of charge. You're able to use them for, I believe it's a, a two week period. And then you ship them back to us free of charge. We'll cover all the shipping on it. And uh, it's got everything in there from hands-on materials, lesson plans, all the things that you need to, to teach these lessons there in the classroom. And, uh, and there's a bunch of different options. So, um, that's just another one of the resources that we provide teachers around the state. I think that's so important these days. We and I want to come back to the adult side of things a little bit as well too. But we, as far as I'm concerned, we owe it to the youth of today for them to have a better understanding than what they sometimes get as far as what wildlife management and wildlife conservation is, and the role of hunting that it plays in in all these programs. So to me, this is an absolutely ideal way, and I love the fact that those lessons are prepared. Of course, that teacher can take those and adapt them a little bit, maybe to their local area if there's something maybe that they really want to cover as well too i would assume absolutely absolutely that that whole sense of place is a really important thing to be you know inserting into any of those lessons because i mean when you when you know about your your home ground um it it makes you makes you proud of it and um and and that's a really important part of of uh, any of these natural resource lessons Let's, let's, while we're kind of on, on the youth side of things, let's talk a little bit about the youth hunting program and to uh, kind of cover that. And then we'll, we'll kind of drift over on to our, our big game awards thing. But the youth hunter program actually got started before it became official years ago. We did some of those early hunts shortly after we formed the organization. But it became a very formal group of well-orchestrated, well-organized when uh, we got into it a little bit farther. Tell us a little bit about how those are structured structured in terms of and talking about the hunts primarily and and maybe the number of people that we've actually introduced to hunting that way yeah it's pretty impressive and i, I got this funny feeling that you were probably uh, pretty involved in those uh, early days putting that together <laughs> uh, so y'all did a good thing um yeah so it's a it's it's an it's run by an army of volunteers. We've got about five staff members. Chris Mitchell here is our director that, that offices here in our office in New Braunfels. Um, but this whole deal is is really run by volu- well-trained volunteers that we call hunt masters. And they give an enormous amount of time to this program. Um, but basically, we, I mean, as far as numbers go, this last year, I believe we had over 200 different hunts on private land around the state. Wow. It, it's absolutely amazing. So we're taking, you know, twelve to 1,500 kids hunting on private land every year. And when you take their kid, they also have a parent or guardian with them. And so you're, you're able to introduce all these new young people and their parents to private land, private land management, all these natural resource management items that we've talked about already um and then able to to talk to them about hunting the role hunting plays in conservation you've you know you have those conversations about where your food comes from how to handle that how to you know treat these animals with respect utilize that 
that protein source in the best possible way. And there's just so many important lessons. Um, and plus it gives the parent, the kid an opportunity to spend some quality time outside away from the hustle and bustle, big city. And, uh, there's just so, so many reasons it's a, it's been such a good, successful program for years. Um, but yeah, so we're, I mean, like I said, over, over 200 hunts this past season, um, I want to say it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,200 kids that got taken um, on safe uh, educational hunts around the state, and it's something that we're just we're we're producing those kind of numbers every year. Um, I would say probably most hunts are in the neighborhood of um, probably somewhere between four and eight hunters and their guardians. Um, the program carries a, a very good amount of insurance, and so that provides those private landowners uh, some peace of mind about the about the folks um, that are there hunting on the property. Um, very well organized. The landowner can be as as in, involved in that hunt as they want to be, or as hands off as they want to be. These um, our our folks have over the years have gotten really good at managing these hunts. And so it's really a, it's an easy thing for a landowner to do. All they got to do is, is open their gates and, and point us where we need to go. And, uh, our folks can come in and run a really high quality hunt. And so, uh, you know, we've got all these hunt masters. We've got all these very generous private landowners that have opened their gates for years, uh, to the program. And it's just, it, it's a, fantastic partnership and it doesn't happen without the hunt masters and it certainly doesn't happen without the private landowners that that have uh, been so willing to to donate their time and and uh, resources to the organization for such a long time i've had the opportunity to speak to several of those groups and uh, of course i love to watch kids hunt and all those kind of things but it, it's amazing they'll come back in as you mentioned they'll be there with a parent or a guardian and and several instances there is almost it, it's not almost it is a special bonding that you don't i don't think see otherwise between a, a parent and a child sometimes when it comes to when until you get to that point of hunting the smiles on the faces of, of the kids and the smiles on the faces of the parents and the guardian and of course the hunt master and the landowner as well too are, are just second to none it, it makes everything that those guys are doing truly worthwhile some of those kids probably will never again have an opportunity outside of our organization or outside of the youth hunter group to to do much hunting but the beauty of it is even if they don't have an opportunity to hunt later on they do have an understanding about wildlife wildlife management wildlife conservation based upon true facts that otherwise they may not have the opportunity to so to me this is one of the most fantastic programs the other thing i want to say about all that is over the years i've had an opportunity to travel quite a bit and i'll be in certain states and they go we've got you need to know about our youth hunting program or an organization and we get to visiting and you know they would get talking about how many, well how many people do you guys take and oh my gosh we took 10 people hunting last year which is absolutely fantastic and they go and and, and tell us a little bit about what you guys do in texas and i say well we have the texas youth hunting group and kind of part of twa and i said uh you know we take anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred or more kids and their guardians and parents <laughs> hunting each year and they go 
Oh, <laughs> but then I applaud the fact, you know, that they're doing a great job with what they have available to them. From there, let's kind of segue to the uh, to the big game awards. And we have a first harvest award there as well, too. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so, you know, this um, the big game awards program is is a it, like Texas Youth Hunting Program, it's a it's a partnership with Texas Parks and Wildlife right. Department. It's been going on for a long time, and the the focus is the focus is habitat. And the idea here is that well managed habitat um, means better hunting opportunities, higher quality animals, bigger antlers, all those things. Right, a healthier habitat and deer. Habitat, yeah, right. You provide the habitat, the the rest of it will 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 take care of itself a lot of times. And so it's, uh, anyways, that's, that's really the message. And so there is a, um, there is a, a fun competitive part of big game awards where we're, uh, we recognize big deer and, and pronghorn and big horns and, uh, it, and it's fun and everybody, everybody enjoys that aspect of it. But my favorite aspect of it, like you just mentioned, is the first harvest category. Right. And so anybody that takes their first big game animal and take native big game animal in Texas, uh, whitetail, mule deer, pronghorn, um, javelina, are eligible for a, for a first harvest certificate. And so we have regional banquets around the state each summer. And if somebody, all they have to do is go to the website, print out the first harvest application send it in to us and they'll get an invitation to the to the summer banquet free of charge come get free barbecue look at all the mounts all the fun um, educational events that are going on at these banquets and then they'll get called up and given a certificate in front of uh, a big giant room full of their new hunting peers and I can tell you for years uh, running those banquets passing out certificates it they're always fun but when you call up a little kid or an old lady that took, their first, <laughs> that took their first deer, they got the same look on their face. And it is just, I mean, it's a special moment. And Larry, you know well, uh, you've seen that look many times. And, uh, I mean, it is, it's something that's hard to describe. But, but you know you're doing the right thing when you're there and you see that, you know, you see that positive reinforcement after a, a really – um, you know, a special experience in the field, and and that's really what I think Big Game Awards does well. Is it's a you know it's a social support program for hunters. It keeps every keeps you know existing hunters engaged in that in the outdoor community, but it also gives these new hunters an opportunity to become part of the hunting community. And I think that that that's a really important part of it. I do too. I, I, again, I've been a speaker at some of those and I've also handed out the certificates, you know, and all that kind of good stuff. And I remember one in one place in particular, I was at one of the Hill Country uh, banquets and we handed out an award for first harvest. The The youngest person was five years old and you mentioned a, a lady, well this lady happened to be, I think like 83, 84, 85, somewhere. I wouldn't, you know, she was in her 80s. There wasn't any 
question. She made a point that she was that old. She, she would tell me how old yeah. she was beyond that. And I wasn't about <laughs> to ask. So, but you're right. The smile on their face, on the, everybody there, not just the those, not just the lady and the and the youngster. And it was a young lady, which absolutely just thrills me to see the young ladies. We need more and more involved all the time. But to have the ladies involved there and the smile on those two people's faces but their parents and then all the other folks out in the crowd was just phenomenal it is they're 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 a lot of fun um but but like i said they're they're done for a reason yes and we put between the department and and twa we put a lot of resources in that program over the years but it's it's for a purpose and it's and it's really to provide that that uh, support for the hunting community whether they're new whether they're existing, whether they've been out of it for a while, need to get reengaged. It's uh, it, it really does serve a lot of purposes. It's been been a great program for a long time, and one that we we still uh, is it, still a major priority for our organization. Absolutely, to me, to me, it is one of those things where you honor the animal as much, if not more so, than you honor the person that shot it. But you also we honor the landowner who produced those quality animals. And again, that goes back to a quality habitat because a quality habitat produces healthy animals. And those healthy animals have bigger antlers. But in the process of that, you also improve the habitat for songbirds and butterflies and all those other good things mm-hmm. like that. Want to go back? Almost, we were talking earlier a little bit more about the adult program, the adult uh, hunting program. Let's go back to it. I, I kind of skipped over it a while ago. I was going to ask you, and I got into the Texas youth hunting thing. Let's talk a little bit about that new program that we have. And I think we actually have somebody recently that was hired to head that program. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this is a program that I'm really excited about personally. Um, so. Um, about, I guess about three years ago, TWA started kind of dipping their toe into these adult mentored hunts and, and, and for good reason. So there's, a, there's quite a bit of information out there that suggests that while it's still very important to take kids hunting and always, and always try to provide opportunities for youth to get involved in the outdoors, um, the bang for the buck is likely better taking interested adults that for their first experiences for, for a handful of reasons. One is you, you have a you have someone that likely has um, some disposable income. They have um, a lot of times these the folks that are interested in these types of programs are young adults that oftentimes have young families. Um, they're, they're interested in where their food comes from. Um, they have we all have them. Most of us have this drive to get outside, whether we know why we have it or not. Uh, it just it feels good to everybody, and um, so that that's that. There's lots of reasons pointing to why we would want to provide these same kind of opportunities that we do for Texas Youth Hunting Program for adults that are interested. It's like we've uh, we've missed a generation in a lot of ways, and so there's lots of demand for those kind of opportunities. So. TWA started providing some of these hunts a few years ago and saw an, an amazing demand for them. And um, so we've had, you know, we've had waiting lists for these adult mentored hunts for the last few years. And we've, and we've been able to have, in this last year, we had about 10 hunts that we held around the state, but it was all just kind of existing staff and some volunteers, you know, doing this 
kind of on the side from their day job. Right. And to me, I knew it was something that we're, we're never going to really take the training wheels off of a very, what I consider a very important program, um, unless we had somebody here paying attention to it every day, thinking about how we grow it, how we scale it up. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited that, uh, that we were able to, to hire Matt Hughes this uh, last week. He actually starts Monday officially. Uh, but Matt's been working with us for the last several years. I worked with Matt when I was at Parks and Wildlife, and he was at the uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation managing the Stewards of the Wild program. And he really kind of started building an adult mentored hunting program over there. Um, he worked for Spoke Hollow Outfitters this last year, and um, the timing ended up working out just right for us. And uh, so Matt Matt will join us uh, on Monday and really start helping us ramp up this adult learn to hunt program here at TWA. And it's something that we feel like we've got all the pieces in place right now. We, we know the important you know parts of planning those hunts and the messages that we need to have. Um, now we've got somebody to really focus on on building it and scaling it up. And so extremely extremely excited about that program. We've gotten you know great feedback from our from our previous hunters and uh, lots of interest from volunteers and landowners. And so they're just uh, a lot of energy around that program right now. To me, I, I agree with you. To me, that's such a great, important program, what we can do here in Texas. And I'm seeing some of those kind of programs starting to show up in some of the other states as well. But it, with the success that we've had with the Youth Hunter program, if we can kind of mirror some of that with uh, this adult program, oh, my gosh, I can only imagine the, the end result as far as people have been coming more and more aware of wildlife. And as you mentioned, it, those older people, older people to me meaning anybody from about 20 on up, uh, soon they have families and they're looking for different opportunities and there's no finer way to spend time with your family or to get to know your family and, and really develop a, a true bond type of a, a situation with those in your family than to be outdoors. And with this program, I can only imagine what's going to happen as we get more and more people involved. Of course, I know we've got the greatest landowners in the world as well, too. So I know our landowners are going to jump on this program as well. Absolutely. I know, I know just from, <clears throat> from these past few years, you know, there's been a handful of landowners, uh, TWA, um, folks that we know well that have, you know, asked, Hey, would you mind doing one of these? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then, um, you know, once they have one hunt, you get done and they're like, okay, time me up for next year. <laughs> and, uh, Perfect. You know, Larry, it's, it's interesting at, uh, at, at convention here a few weeks ago, um, I met a lady that participated on one of these hunts, um, I guess two years, two seasons ago. She had never been hunting, but just had a really you know, strong urge to learn how to do it. And uh, so she went out on the hunt, uh, wasn't able to, to take an animal while she was there, but she learned a tremendous amount. Um, she ended up buying two hunts at the TWA auction last year and uh she attended convention this year and ended up buying an access hunt so um you know, that's a just a great example of someone who you know had that urge found the opportunity got plugged in to the hunting and conservation community and then has and then has continued to participate and uh just it, that specific example is really exciting to me that um, she had she was able to get the confidence you know just by participating on that one hunt and 
and meeting those people, creating a network of her own, where then she's comfortable, you know, jumping right in. And I, I just thought that was a really cool story. It was really nice to meet her. I totally agree. I know the lady you're speaking about, and, and she's become extremely excited about the outdoors. I always was kind of excited about it, but now that she started hunting, it's a totally different aspect as far as she's concerned to, to stepping out that back door or the front door. And there's so many stories that are just about like that. One of the things that we've done over the years, too, is had this kind of a uh, – Feel the fart type of thing. Where where do we sit on that? Are we still doing some of those as well too? We are. We're um, we're actually doing a number of cooking classes here at the new TWA headquarters. Uh, Kristen Parma, our engagement coordinator, is really kind of taking the lead with that with a with a lot of help from Chris Mitchell, our our TYHP director. Both of them are are big hunters and big foodies, and um, so they've been they've been hosting regular cooking classes here at, at the TWA office, and they've been really well received. Um, you know, in addition to those cooking classes, the the food component is really a major priority on these adult learn to hunt. Yes, hunts. There, uh, that, that's a huge component of the education process there, and it's one that um, you know, while it's while it's a focus on a Texas youth hunting program hunt, there's there's a lot more ground that needs to be covered in different areas on these adult yes. hunts. We know that's one of the major reasons these people are coming on these hunts. And so we really uh, focus heavily on it. And it's really, really well received. One of the interesting things that happened with COVID, and there were several, of course, horrible things that happened, but in the process of all that, with food becoming a shortage in grocery stores, people learned that food doesn't necessarily develop and grow in grocery stores. It has to come from somewhere else. And, of course, these days we've seen a, a, a lot of people become very interested in knowing exactly what goes into their food. And, of course, when you get to that point, there's no better meat out there than wild venison and as a result of that or, or wild fish and as a result of that the sale of hunting and fishing licenses in every state including places like new hampshire new york pennsylvania always big but even california and some of the other places that normally were kind of going down as far as numbers when it comes to the sale of hunting and fishing license have greatly increased over the last several years or the last year i should say and i think that's made a lot of difference with this with this uh, locavore type of movement that we're seeing. And of course, TWA is poised at the exact place to, to really take advantage of that to help people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, um, hunters made a lot of friends and got lots of, lots of calls from their friends <laughs> during COVID, I guarantee you. Uh, it, it was a, it was a good time to have a, a freezer stocked full of venison, that's for sure. It really was. You know, if you go back and you look at uh, some of the ancient civilizations and things like that we were hunters and gatherers but even when it got to the stage where it kind of moved away a little bit from that we started seeing cities and things there were always hunters who were extremely important that's what the people or that was the person that the majority of the people depended on to provide meat and to me some of that we need to carry on through today is we're fortunate we've got wild populations particularly in terms of white-tailed deer in texas and other states where we need to harvest a tremendous number of animals every year and and that meat can be shared with uh, friends, family, and in so doing, it gives those folks a better understanding as well, too. And, and as a result of that, they'll eat healthier as well, too. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, couldn't agree more. What other programs do we have that you're that we're working on right now? We've talked a little bit about the Hunter Legacy program. We're fixing the gear up on that. Uh, we're we've always had some presence in the Texas legislature, and I know that uh, as we hit into the future of going more and more into a, an urban situation as opposed to a rural or almost you know kind of integrate in between. Uh, one of the things we, we do too is of course spend time at the the state capitol and one of the things i want to mention there is that i remind people that that cost conservation costs and we have a uh, a pack set up that people can contribute to to uh, get the word out not only in in terms of what the public needs to know but also uh, sometimes we talked about educating teachers we're finding that a lot of times these days we have to also educate our legislators because they may come from a very urban situation that's never had the opportunity to really spend a whole lot of time outdoors so money caught co- i mean conservation costs and it costs us money so people can contribute how did, if, if somebody wanted to contribute to a, a packet twa what would be the process of it yeah, basically, Larry, no, I appreciate you, you mentioning that. that. That is an important part of what we do, representing private landowners and, uh, and hunters at the, at the state capitol. Uh, we do that a couple of different ways. So, yeah, we, have, we do have a, a pack here at TWA, and so you, you could just you can send a, a check to TWA, TWA PAC. Um, we also um, have legislative uh, affairs staff that uh, help us in in um, you know educating legislators about these important conservation issues uh, making sure that we're there to testify against against bills that that we feel are bad for private landowners or hunters or our natural resources or advocate for for good ones and um, and so really that's kind of the role that that TWA plays is that we're here watching out for private landowners for hunters for our natural resources, for our wildlife, and uh, so it, just to make a to make a general donation to TWA's advocacy work, um, you would just you can go to the website and uh, we have a we have a donate button there on the TWA website where you can donate to our advocacy program, or if you'd like to donate to our pack where we actually make contributions to um, to legislative campaigns for for uh, those candidates that we feel are, are champions for wildlife and landowners, um, then you would make a donation to the TWA PAC. You can do both of those, either one you can do online, or you can send a check uh, where you would just um, – you know, let us know where you want that to go in the subject line. Absolutely. It's interesting that uh, as we head into the future, of course, we're fortunate, I guess, that we only meet legislature every other year here in Texas, but uh, in some ways, but we've got some of the best legislators and state senators. Where I wanted to go with that is that it, you as an individual, you whoever's listening out there, and this, re- this refers also to U.S. Congress and U.S. senators, is the fact that you can get in touch with those guys let them know your feelings. Uh, let them know your thoughts about particular bills, uh, if you, particularly if you oppose them. But also, if the, they are involved in a bill that is worthwhile for wildlife, take the time to send them a thank you. I've, I've visited with a lot of different uh, 
people who are involved in politics and says, well, the only time we ever get it here from anybody is when they have a complaint. Well, sometimes that thank you will, particularly for somebody that's maybe gone against his his own party or gone against, uh, you know, some friends kind of thing. That thank you coming from somebody such as a TWA member or or also I'm very much involved with, with DSC or from a DSC member and saying thank you for doing what you did. That goes a long way as well, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really that, you know, in, in my mind, that's, that's the best thing you can do as, as a, uh, as a wildlife advocate, um, is introduce yourself to your, to your representative, to your local Senator, um, at, you know, create a relationship with them and let them know that you're a resource for them. Um, that they, 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 like that and and I think you're you're right on most of the time those folks that the only time they hear from from people <laughs> is when they're mad about it right um, when when you when things are going right uh, tell them thanks pat them on the back amen what you what you're doing um, and and that that goes a long way because that that positive reinforcement is it's just extremely important it's good I mean everybody likes to be patted on the back uh, and told you're pointed in the right direction and and I think that's a really important point we can we can we can we do good but we can always do better on things like that Justin Absolutely. I know that there are several other facets we are uh, peripherally involved with brigades but uh, those are unbelievable programs but I think we'll save those f- for another time anything else that you'd like to cover before we kind of kick some dirt on this campfire and and uh, get ready for the next one Man, we've covered a lot of ground here, Larry. Um, no, I just appreciate the opportunity uh, to, to you know, be on today and visit with you. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be back at TWA. I, I certainly appreciate all of your uh, leadership and the organization over the years, and I, I very much appreciate the partnership with Dallas Safari Club, and um, I think we're uh, our missions are, are very well aligned in a lot of areas, and I know we've got a we've We've got a lot of friends on, in both organizations, so uh, just really, really glad to be working with you guys. Well, truly appreciate it. Like I said, I'm really glad that you're home. Before we before, before we leave, get people the website, and also you mentioned we've got a new world headquarters, if you will. It's unbelievable, and if anybody is close to the San Antonio Austin area, they need to stop by and just kind of see the building and, and say hello, kind of thing. So. Let's, let's give them the website one more time and then maybe have, well, they can go to the website, I guess, and get the address as well, too, couldn't they? Yeah, so we're, um, so the website is texas-wildlife.org. We've got all of our, our information on programs, on membership. Um, you know, if you're not a member of TWA, we'd love to love for you to take a look at it. Uh, we've got a number of different membership levels, kind of something for everybody there. We do put out a monthly uh, Texas Wildlife Magazine. That's uh, that's really high quality publication and uh, something we're really proud of. So we think there's a lot of a lot of benefit there to being a member. Um, in our new, like you mentioned, our new headquarters is uh, right here, just north of New Braunfels. I can see I-35 in the distance. <laughs> right. we're, at, uh, we're at I-35 and uh, Watson Road, pretty much. You would take the Watson Road exit if you're coming from the north, and uh, we're at Watson and Hunter Road. 
Absolutely fantastic. And since we've talked about everything in Texas, I do want to remind folks that you do not have to be from Texas to be a member of TWA. And we'd love to have you join, whether you live uh, across the world or somewhere in the rest of the U.S. And I know that TWA has kind of served as a an example, as I've mentioned in other podcasts, to different organizations across the country. And, and we welcome anybody who's interested and has the same kind of goals and objectives with their state that we've been able to accomplish some of the things here. And so we're as a resource for those folks as well, too, should they so wish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so very much. I look forward to catching up with you a little bit in person and uh, look forward to the next time we get together. And, and we'll try to reconvene this campfire with you, say, maybe in a couple of three weeks, if that's all right with you. Let's do it. That'd be great. Thank you so very much. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas, H3 Whitetail Solutions, Remington, Texas Wildlife Association, TRHP Outdoors. 